Welcome to the Political Trenches, Local Government at Work. Welcome to O is for Ontario on the Political Trenches, Local Government at Work. Today, we are honoured to have Stephen O'Brien, President of the Association of Municipal Managers, Clerks and Treasurers of Ontario. He is also the City Clerk for the City of Guelph, Ontario. Now, the association represents excellence in local government management and leadership. Over the past 85 years, they have provided education, accreditation, leadership, and management expertise for Ontario municipal professionals. Their mission is to deliver professional growth, networks, advocacy, and leadership to support and strengthen the knowledge, skills, and capabilities of municipal professionals now and into the future. Now, today, we are going to be chatting about the state of municipalities administrations in the province. So, Stephen, welcome to the Political Trenches, and I want to get the chat underway with my first question. In your opinion, as president of the A, I just want to make sure I get this right here again, the Association of Municipal Managers, Clerks, and Treasurers of Ontario, what is the state of municipal administrations in the province of Ontario today? Well, thanks for having me, Chris. It's really great to be here. Um, you know, from AMCTO's perspective, you know, we see the state of, of local government and municipal administration in a, in a really positive space right now. There is certainly a lot of change happening in our sector. Uh, it is hyper dynamic. There is no doubt about that. We're seeing legislative change. We're seeing regulatory change. We're seeing all the things that I think local governments have to deal with uh, across, obviously, Ontario, across Canada, into the U.S., and, and perhaps probably even around the world. Um, but, you know, from AMCTO's perspective, we see that, that local government working in municipal uh, administration is a great place to be. It's a great place to work. You know, lots of offerings in terms of dynamic roles, again, talking about the dynamic sector that we're in, but lots of dynamic roles, lots of uh, responsibilities that staff coming into our sector uh, can sort of get their, get their hands dirty in um, and roll up their sleeves. And, and I think a lot of it, too, is, is it, there's a passion among certainly our members to serve the local communities that they, that they work in and they support. So um, AMCTO has got a really good place. Our, our role is to really, um, you know, uh, impress upon folks that local government is a career pathway of choice for uh, new graduates, students, um, you know, you know, see, more seasoned professionals that, that may have had a career path in other areas. So, um, yeah, I, you know, in terms of the state of municipal administration in Ontario, it's a great place to be. It's a great place to work if you're looking for that dynamic, you know, never a dull moment kind of kind of role. So. Now, I, I recently had the pleasure to chat with your counterpart in Manitoba, Dwayne Nickel, and he was saying that there it, it's not the chosen field that most people are getting into today, municipal administration. Are you seeing that in Ontario? And are you seeing an influx of people coming into the sort of the administration world when it comes to municipality? Or is it becoming harder to get people to take an interest in administration? Yeah, that's a that's a really great question, Chris. I think there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, I think the, there's obviously the the sort of generational dynamics in in the workforce in municipal government. Quite frankly, in a, in a whole bunch of different sectors, um, you know, we've we've heard for a long time about the gray tsunami and folks retiring out of the sector or sectors in general. Uh, that's that I think is still very much true in the municipal world here in Ontario. Um, but I think you're right. I think, you know, people might not necessarily think if they're pursuing post-secondary studies that I, you know, I want to go work in for my local community or work in local government. Um, and I think there's a real re good reason for that. Municipalities don't hire local government experts. We hire 
accountants, we hire lawyers, we hire IT professionals, we hire arborists and, and you know, hydrogeologists and, and, and you know, water technicians. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Um, but I think that, that people will find that, that if you're in any of those fields, that municipal government can be a really desirable place to be. Again, I talked about how it's dynamic, it's changing, it's always moving. There's you know, no one day is the same as the last. And I think there are, there are those of us that are entering the workforce or that are in the workforce that work in this world in the public sector, there's a calling to serve. And I think that's, that's the underlying thing that, that I think all of those that come to work and, and ideally start a career, move through a career and finish a career in local government, I think that's really the one sort of constant characteristic. And so, you know, with AMCTO, we're looking to ensure that that pipeline of folks that want to come and work in our sector is open and available. Um, we've been, you know, advocating to restore what was a really highly successful internship program in Ontario. Uh, our friends in Alberta have a similar program that, that we had recently um, and, and working to sort of advocate for the, the reinstallation of that program with our colleagues at the province of Ontario. I myself am a really, quite, quite frankly, a proud alumnus of that program. Uh, and it placed recent students or graduates uh, from post-secondary institutions into communities across Ontario. Very helpful for those communities in, in smaller uh, parts of the province, rural parts of the province. Um, we've been working with post-secondary programs to provide sort of a local government 101 sessions for them. Uh, and, and, you know, not many post-secondary institutions, unless you're getting into graduate studies, have that kind of local government course. So I think we, we see a real important role for the association to play in kind of um, putting the stake in the ground and, and making a case for, for local government. We've also provided and worked with uh, post-secondary institutions to provide access to what is a pretty much a hallmark program for us at AMCTO, which is our municipal administration program. So we're doing a lot to get folks into it. Um, and I think there's a, there's a great message to be shared with those that are coming through the education system. And I mentioned too, mid-career professionals as well, right? Transitioning from a different role. Our economy today is, is hyper-fluid. You know, we're dealing with inflation. We're dealing with interest rate increases. You know, there's the talk of recession, the dreaded word. Sometimes mid-career professionals can, can find a nice pathway into, into government or a career change that, that government might be for them. Um, and so we're, we're, we're working to make sure that we're posi well positioned to support all of those folks in their career paths. I'd like to jump in if I can and go back to something you, you talked about almost right off the top, and that was about the speed of change and needing to adapt to it. And being in the public sector, of course, can constrain that just a little bit. Are you noticing that the speed of change itself is speeding up that things are changing more rapidly that they, than they used to, and whether that whether you, it's easier or harder to adapt than maybe it used to be a decade ago. Yeah, I, I, I think certainly it is. It, it feels like that way. Uh, I don't know if that's because I myself have moved through a career path into sort of progressively senior roles. Uh, and so then you get sort of, you, you, you're, you find yourself landing in that crucible of, of kind of change and constant dynamic. I, I don't know if it's that, but, you know, Anecdotally, yes, I think we're in a, in, a, in a place where the pace of change has increased across the board. Um, you know, I, I mean, I don't love looking back at the last five years for obvious reasons, because we all <laughs> globally went through a pretty uh, upside down topsy-turvy time. Um, but, but in addition to a pandemic, you think about global conflict on a scale that I don't think we've seen in, since, you know, maybe early 90s, late 90s, Iraq conflict and things like that, um, you know, uh, we're seeing it just even at our local level, a lot of change in Ontario around reviews of regional government, 
um, you know, the introduction of strong mayor authority, which which is which is is positive in many ways, but in in other ways, it's it's challenging the norms we have. And as an association, we're keen to stand up and say, you know, having a, a, you know an unbiased uh, you know, administrative side of the organization that is there in perpetuity to give unbiased, unfettered advice to elected officials. Like all of these changes are happening and it's happening at a pace, you know, where we see the sectoral changes on top of the global changes we're, we're facing, we're seeing collectively, regardless of the sector we're in. So I think it is, you know, as an association, we've put a lot of effort in, and I think, you know, that's causing burnout. I mean, to say that, you know, to say that the last five years have, have we've seen burnout across sectors, I think that's an understatement. It, it's it it's been rampant, um, and so you know, AMCTO has been we we've sort of looked to um, supporting our members and professionals in our in our sector with things like you know our first annual mental health forum. We we had traditional forums like a you know municipal finance forum, a leadership forum, and the like. Well, in in twenty twenty three, early twenty three, we we spun up. Uh, a mental health form at the request of members who who wanted to connect with one, one another and have meaningful peer-driven discussions around common issues around pressure, pace of change, you know, and, and ultimately, you know, how that's affecting them, their mental health. And so um, the association is great. We've got really good networking, really good. Uh, that's probably the hallmark of the association is the ability to connect with folks that might be working through similar challenges as you uh, and working through that pace of change that you referenced again. We've, so we speak to people across the country, and what you've outlined here are fairly similar topics to what we see elsewhere as well, uh, particularly around things like speed of change, the pipeline of qualified people moving up, moving through, moving up. Uh, we've also seen a lot of people talk about, you mentioned regionalization, we're seeing amalgamations and things kind of from coast to coast happening as well. So Absolutely. we're seeing a lot of that change. And that when it comes to the professionalism in the um, in the choice of careers that people have been making, some provinces, not very many, have been working towards things like certification for CAOs, for example. I don't think there's anything like that for you in Ontario. Is there a requirement for certification? Well, I, AMCTO is really well positioned. So we are uh, an accreditation body. We we okay. can, we we're you know under legislation, we're we're one of those uh, few bodies that does offer uh, accreditation to municipal professionals. We've got three uh, accreditations. Uh, that AMC2 offers. Um, the CMO certified municipal officer is sort of our, our kind of preeminent one. And, and we're seeing more and more that municipalities are looking for that. Councils, if they're hiring a CEO, are looking for that kind of accreditation. Um, and so, you know, our association has been really um, leading edge in that regard. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, I think those types of accreditation programs all, also help us uh, retain talent uh, in the sector and demonstrate the value of ongoing learning, ongoing development, ongoing education. Uh, and it demonstrates to, you know, when I think about councils hiring CAOs or CAOs hiring senior leaders, it's, it's a nice sort of benchmark that folks can look to and say, you know, with that accreditation, I know that this person brings with them a degree of experience in this sector, you know, talk about dealing with the pace of change. Um, you know, they've got that experience, they've got that under their belt, there, there's a, there's a, there's, I think there's a good degree of confidence when someone comes to the table with that, with that certification or that accreditation. So it's been of great value, I think, to our members. Um, and it's something that, that, you know, those that are new to our sector come to AMCTO uh, to get that municipal administration program, yeah. that sort of foundational piece, and then potentially move on to some form of accreditation. Before Chris jumps in, if hey, I may, ahead. sorry, a bit of a supplementary there. 
Are you, because this, that's not common across the country, are other provincial aso administrators associations or territorial associations asking you about that or inquiring about whether it would work elsewhere? Yeah, I had the fortunate opportunity uh, at the end of June to travel west from Ontario to uh, visit at the conference of one of our, our partner associations, the LGAA, which is the Local Government Administrators Association in Alberta. Um, and there's quite a few members in that association uh, that, that have um, accreditations. Uh, those accreditations can come from a whole bunch of different aid associations. Sure. So I'm not, not saying necessarily that it's, it's solely LGAA, but um, I've seen some of those accreditations and, and it does, it's a discussion piece, you know, what is, what is a CLGM and, um, or, you know, CLGL, what, what are those accreditations? And so um, I, I think that we're seeing it as uh, going back to Chris's first question and my response, municipalities don't necessarily hire, you know, local government experts. Yeah. They hire in the field that they're looking for. And then, you know, AMCTO and, and like associations are in a position to be able to say, great, you've got the technical skills in, you know, legal practice or accounting and finance. We're going to make sure that you get the, the kind of broad based foundational experience and education that you need in, in terms of how this thing that is local government works in your particular jurisdiction. And so, um, you know, AMCTO has, has, has a really strong presence in, in Ontario to be able to offer that kind of foundational piece. So again, mid-career professional, come on in, you can bring your expertise in your niche area and a place like AMCTO is where you can come to get your, 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 your more detailed information and, and sort of foundational piece on what is local government, how does it operate, how do you fit into it, and, and, and the like. Sure. Thanks. I, I want to talk about the elephant in the room, and you mentioned it. And I've been—I am an observer of Ontario politics because I come from Ontario, and I know recently the city of Guelph just had a council meeting where a lot of delegations were coming forward about strong mayor powers. And strong mayor powers is something that you just mentioned, and I was not going to bring it up, but you—you you said the elephant's name, and I'm going to talk about the elephant in the room. How does AMCTO deal with? Uh, the new proposed legislations that the Ford government is introducing around strong mayor powers, because the city of Guelph, which you work at, is one of the 26 municipalities that just recently got strong mayor powers after the city of uh, Toronto and the city of Ottawa. Uh, does the AMCTO have a stance on these strong mayor powers? And what is the organization doing to sort of ensure that they're properly used and there isn't sort of an overstep in the strong mayor powers. Yeah, I mean, I would say that AMCTO as an association, uh, you know, our stance on it is that um, municipal organizations are complex things. Um, and municipal councils and the communities that they serve and they're elected to serve benefit from having someone uh, in a position, generally a CAO, sometimes called city manager, where there is the ability to offer unfettered, unbiased advice to the elected body. Um, you know, as local government professionals, we fully understand and appreciate, and we're not in that way much different from our counterparts at provincial or, or federal levels of government. Um, we understand the role is to give the best advice, the best possible advice that is data-driven, um, rooted in engagement with the community and such, and it's the difficult challenge for councils to take that information and distill it and hear from their constituents and sort of smush all that together and make what is, you know, in, in their estimation, the best policy decision possible. And generally speaking, I think communities across Ontario are very successful at it. Councils across our province are very successful at doing just that. But that process hinges upon the concept of 
you know, there is a divide between the political and the administrative. Uh, and so AMCTO has a stance that, that you know, communities benefit from having CAOs um, and the strong mayor legislation, depending on how it's implemented in communities, because there is a continuum in terms of how mayors may choose to implement that. Uh, there's an important place for CAOs. Our association is made up of CAOs. You know, as the name implies, we're the Association of Municipal Managers, Clerks and Treasurers. It's not just clerks and treasurers, we're, we're sort of the whole kit and caboodle. And, and really CAOs play an important role in ensuring that municipal councils have the best information and, and um, you know, that, that's, that's rooted in data and community engagement to be able to inform decisions. So AMCDO stance is that's an important role and we need to make sure that we're, we're mindful of that as well. So before I go on to my next question, I want I want to give Ian because I know he wanted to ask a question about this if it was brought up. So do you, Ian, do you have a question about strong mayor powers before I ask my next question? No, I, I think the response to Stephen had given was pretty good. I'm good, thanks. Perfect. So I want to talk about the province as a whole because you represent uh, you're the president of the organization that represents not only small but uh, large municipalities but small municipalities as well. When you're talking to your members, are the issues that you're hearing in Guelph or in Burlington or in Kitchener or London the same issues as in uh, Lindsay, Peterborough, like smaller rural communities as well when it comes to municipal administration? Because I'm seeing a staggering trend where there's a lot of vacancies in administrations in smaller communities compared to larger cities because that's where the residents are. Are the, is this a concern for a, a AMCTO? And how do you as an organization sort of help smaller municipalities deal with the vacancy rate for administrations in their communities? Yeah, um, so that's a great question. And um, yes, it's uh, there are very many issues that affect all the municipalities in the same way, but there are yeah. certainly ones that are geographically focused, lo more, more local in nature, more rural than urban, et cetera. But you know, generally speaking, there's a really useful adage that we tend to tell other orders of government when they're developing legislation, policy programs, and the like. And that is that one size does not fit all in our sector in Ontario. Uh, and that's especially, that, you know, that's true across the, the country, I believe, and, and could be the case in Manitoba or Alberta or Saskatchewan. But it's especially true here in Ontario, where we have 444 municipalities that have their own characteristics, their own demographics, their own geographies. Again, I mentioned some are northern, some are southern, some are rural, some are small, medium, large, you know, the whole, it runs the whole gamut. So um, it's also the case too, that there's different internal structures too, right? Different levels of staffing, different abilities to action things or the resourcing available. Um, in some places in Ontario, it's not uncommon to have you know, only a handful of, of staff that are working inside uh, and the majority of folks are sort of outside workers, your public works or your recreation and culture teams. Um, so through the advocacy work that we've done in our programming, we try to put those different lenses on the things um, and obviously leverage our, the strength of our membership to, to sort of understand and, and better be able to advocate with senior levels of government. Um, you know, issues like financial sustainability impacts all municipalities in Ontario. Uh, there's limited revenue resources, and that's, again, not unique to small or, or, or uh, large or rural versus urban. Um, we have services uh, and programs to provide uh, that need to be fun funded and financed. And, and I think financial sustainability and those limited revenue sources is one of those areas where we all struggle. All municipalities have infrastructure and other assets that need to be maintained. And, and you know, balancing the service costs with fiscal responsibility is something I think we all face. Um, where there are issues that we know there's consensus from the members in the association, 
we define those and, and look to figure out a way in terms of advocacy around those issues. So um, last year, for the first time, AMC2 defined what we called an issue profile, which is a set of objectives and sort of policy statements or areas of interest for our members. Um, and we approved that through the board of directors. And, um, you know, through that, that, that uh, issues profile, we're able to sort of point to ideal solutions that we would like from a policy or a program perspective from senior levels of government. So um, it's a bit of a mixed bag. There's certainly some things that are consistent through us all, but there's a handful of other areas where um, it can vary quite drastically. And on the flip side of that, I, I want to talk about the retention of uh, administration because um, you and I both will, uh, hopefully all three of us will agree to the statement, but administration is under the limelight more now than it's ever been especially with the rise of social media and the hate that municipal politicians once got is now directed at administration. I, I saw it firsthand working in a municipality in Northern Ontario. I see it firsthand when I talk to administrators from across Canada. How, how does your organization sort of battle back against the toxicity that administration receives on a regular basis? And is there a way that you can sort of help administrations overcome sort of the negativity, the negative stereotype that comes along with entering into government relations or government administration. Yeah, it's a it's a great comment. I think you know if you ask me, sort of, you know, we talked a little bit about some of some of the challenges that are facing the sector from an administration and a staffing side. Um, I think the retention piece is big. The recruitment and retention piece. Um, there's no doubt about that. Um, I think that. You know, even our own membership data that we collect is that 20% um, of our members in, in 2021 indicated that they had plans to retire in the next two to five years. Uh, and an additional 17% were looking to retire within the next decade. Um, so we think that those numbers are going to increase by the time, uh, you know, the next survey is put out, which is problematic. And I think what you've talked about, Chris, layers on top of that. So that's the natural kind of evolution of, of generational dynamics in a workforce or a work, uh, a work, a labor market, the limelight that's being shone on, on a municipal administrators that can oftentimes go negative is also uh, a very challenging piece. So I mentioned before the mental health forum we've set up, um, that, that's a, that's a big piece. That's an open safe space where our members come together to engage on those kind of things and those kind of challenges that they might face. Um, I always say that the strength of our association, I've talked a lot about some of the strengths, you know, being able to tap into members to get a sense of what's what's pressing in their area or in their line of work and to help inform advocacy. That's one piece. But the real strength of our of our association is the network it provides. So the ability for people that are facing the same challenges to come together, to share stories, quite frankly, to lift each other up at times. Uh, to support each other, to give a high five when maybe for the last six months there hasn't been a high five given uh, back at the home base. That is the power of the association. And I think, you know, we're, I always say we're, we're better because of the members we have. And this association is, is only what it is because of the members we have. So um, yeah, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of things that we do to put in place that are formal, but then also sort of more informal through that, through that sort of natural organic networking that happens. You're very passionate about the association by the sound of it. Um, how do you convince other people to join? If you've got 444 municipalities, 2,200 members, there's probably a few people out there who still aren't members. How do you get them in? Yeah, I mean, again, I, I am passionate. I will say I started through that internship program mentioned okay. earlier. Yeah, right. So my start in this, in this municipal world came through AMCTO. So 
I am, I am a, I am a, I am a fanboy, <laughs> to say the <laughs> least. Uh, uh, no doubt about that. I think some of the things that we we do to attract folks is, um, you know, exactly some of the things we talked about. So working with post-secondary institutions to attract the next generation of talent right. to the sector because of some of those generational statistics that I just mentioned. So that's one piece. Um, we talked about the challenges that the sector faces that are uniform across. So Chris asked the question, like, you know, there, there's a whole bunch of different challenges that different parts of the province face. One size does not fit all, but there are these sort of consistent challenges. You know, the financial sustainability is the one piece that I mentioned. Well, we can sell the association and we can we can promote the association to to you know folks in the sector or coming into our sector because we we have a we have the ability to say you know our our focus on advocacy is around some of those shared challenges um, and the recent legislative changes and how you're working through those things you know go to go to an association like AMCTO to get that those resources to network with your colleagues so that's certainly a, a really strong position that AMCTO can have to sort of encourage membership. The accreditation piece I talked about, right? What better way to sort of stake a claim to say, you know, I'm I'm experienced in this world that is local government because I've demonstrated that through a formal accreditation, right? So, um, you know, there's, there's lots of avenues in which I think we can we, we continue to, to grow the association from a membership standpoint. Um, and we, we, you know, we can share the value that this association brings. And those are just some of the examples. Yeah, thanks very much. So I want to end on this question because I am cautious of time and I know you're a busy man. So I want to end on this question and I want to want you to put on your timekeeper's time, time hat and go into the future five years from now. You talk about the speed of change that the municipality administrations are dealing with right now. But what does municipal administration look like in five years, in 10 years time, according to the AMCTO? Yeah, well, I've talked about, I mean, I'll start sort of again around that the, the change in the workforce and the labor market. So I talked about, you know, some of what our survey data shows. Um, in 2022, more recent to that, uh, the firm that some of your listeners might be familiar with, the Strategy Corps, they identified that recruitment intent and retention was the top issue that was keeping CAOs up at night. Um, because what they called was sort of termed, a, you know, the war for talent or, uh, or, or, you know, the challenges of addressing the upcoming retirement of, of, of uh, generations that are leaving the workforce. So that for me is one that I think will be consistent for the next five, maybe more years uh, is addressing that challenge. Um, I think, again, I come back to our association, we're in a really good spot to be able to support and grow the next generation of, of um, municipal employees that are coming into our sector. Uh, we're going to continue to advocate for things like that internship program. I think that's really, really key uh, to, to demonstrating that this is a desirable line of work to be in. And it's rewarding because you can see the fruits of your labor in the community that you serve. So that's really key. The financial sustainability piece, you know, limited revenue resources. Um, I think I think there needs to be a, a, we believe the association and I certainly do as well, that there needs to be, uh, you know, a really conscious and deliberate discussion around that. Recent changes uh, to development charges and other fees that are part of, you know, how we budget for things at the, at the local level is changing. Um, and, you know, a, a sister association, association of ours on sort of the elected side, uh, AMO, the Association of Municipalities of Ontario, had an early estimate that it would cost at least, I think it was $5 billion in the change, in the range of $5 billion uh, over the next nine years to deal with some of the changes we've seen around development charges. So I think that's something that is going to last unless it's addressed. Um, you know, if you if you read the likes of an Enid Slack or folks like that, they've been they've been impressing upon this 
challenge facing our sector for a long, long time. Uh, and so I don't think that's changing. Um, and then we talked about it briefly, you know, that the impact of, of uh, provincial decisions uh, and decision making on on processes, then things that, that that focus on municipalities. So the strong mayor legislation that came through Bill Three, uh, the Bill Twenty Three that before that that brought the brought uh, the brought planning change or changes to the planning system in Ontario. Um, we're waiting to see what's happening around the dissolution of of the region of Peel uh, and and potential upcoming reviews of other regional governments in Ontario. Um, you know, we saw the the uh, the introduction of a regional review in twenty shortly after the twenty eighteen provincial election here, and that was sort of put on hold for a while. And then with this new uh, new mandate of the provincial government, we're seeing sort of more changes there. So there's a lot of uncertainty around those areas. Um, so and, I, and I, I hate to I hate to interrupt, but I want I want to end on a positive note. I feel I feel <laughs> weird asking you for the challenges, but give me some optimism about the sector heading into the next five years. What are the yeah. good things that you're looking forward to? Well, all of what I was saying was leading to this exact point, okay. <laughs> is that despite all those challenges and despite all those things, the pace of change might feel different, but it's no different than, you know, regionalization that happened in the 60s and 70s and amalgam amalgamation that happened in the late 90s. So we've seen these changes happen and we've seen municipalities continue to thrive. And most importantly for our associations, we have members that are working in communities across the province that are passionate, they're, they're deeply involved in their communities, they're keen to see their communities thrive and succeed. And so for me, I think that municipalities are the places where people come to drive our economy nationally. Um, it doesn't matter if it's small, rural or large urban, um, you know, positive, positive things happen in communities and folks that want to enter this sector can have a really boots on the ground, front row seat to those positive changes that happen in municipalities around the province by, by finding employment in these places and working in the communities uh, that, that, they, that, they, that they live in. And, and so there's a lot of really positive things happening in our sector. Uh, you'll never go a day of work without feeling engaged or stimulated. Um, I would challenge folks that want to work at senior or, or federal levels of government that you can do that. Uh, but you're never going to see the speed at which the decisions you're working on or the programs and policies that you're working on will be implemented. It might see the light of day, it might not. But if you're working at the local level and you're a parks planner, well, in six months, there'll be a shovel in the ground and kids will be playing at that park or playground that, that you worked on. So that's the really fun, fun aspect of this. Um, and Canada's growing, Ontario's growing. So what better place to be at the front row of, of supporting that growth and development than, than at the local level? Stephen, we want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule to sit down and talk to us about the AMTCO and also municipal administrations in the province of Ontario today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Thanks very much, Stephen. The Political Trenches is brought to you in partnership with Strategic Steps Incorporated and the cross-border interviews with Chris Brown. Music by Peter Gagliardi. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Political Trenches. Be sure to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platforms. This has been The Political Trenches, local government at work.